Sermon q and I'm Pastor Craig in the studio with Pastor Alex, and we did a message on April 3rd, 2022, on the series, second in the series of Foreigners, Enemies, and Outcasts, and the message was on who do we hate, straight out of Jesus, in Jesus' interaction with the uh, official the that official. worked for Herod. Mm-hmm. So the question for you this morning is, uh, Alex, what level of falsehood should I be able to endure or should I be willing to endure from my, my unbelieving neighbors? And it comes out of the idea that this official worked for Herod mm-hmm. and Herod was uh, a traitor to the Jews. Yeah. And yet Jesus helped him by healing his son, mm-hmm. which would have been an offense to his to Jesus followers. Yeah. So, Alex, how do we endure the falsehood of those around us? What level should we be what level to of falsehood should we be willing to endure? I would say uh, whatever level it takes for you to have the ability to show them a compelling picture of Jesus and share the gospel with them. Right. And then uh, their response after that point, you know, you, you're not in control of their response, but you need to be able to have, you know, shown them the love of Jesus, to love them like Jesus would love them, uh, to help them be compelled by who Jesus is and to share the gospel, what he accomplished for the sake of anybody who believes. Right. So, so I think that's really important. So I just kind of want to sit with this idea for just a second, because the reason we're asking this question is uh, we live increasingly in a world where there is less that we agree upon less and less like kind of core foundational principles. Mm-hmm. Right. We at one time uh, our, our world, I would say even our country was in a place where most of us agreed on some kind of core ethical principles about how you live your life. And then it's like each year there's more and more disagreement about mm-hmm. what those principles should be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this question comes up so much is because like, well, we were we kind of liked living with people who agreed with us, but now we don't live with people who agree with us so or live amongst people who agree with us. So what do we do about that? And so I think there's just this reality of like, we need to adjust our expectations, right? Um, falsehood is a symptom of the sickness of sin in this world, right? Like falsehood, uh, the world, uh, Jesus calls us to understand that the world is just a place that is kind of bathed in falsehood, right? Like this is, this is the circumstances of the world. We were darkened until the light Jesus came in. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was when we see Jesus that we actually get enlightened. So there's this reality. We need to adjust our expectations. Uh, Luke five, 30 and 31. uh, It tells this story about Jesus and the Pharisees. And this is what it says. It says the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at Jesus's disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why do you endure all of that falsehood and all of that sin over there? Like, how can you allow yourself to do that? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, Mm. right? And so I think we just need to, to understand what it is that we're even called to do. Like the expectation is not that we're going to live in a world where everybody's going to agree with us. You know, <laughs> we we live in a world where people, all, all people need to be enlightened by Jesus. Right. So um, culturally, so, so with that being said, there's a question of how do we do this? I think culturally, there's this really important thing that uh, that relationship uh, needs to come before challenge. Meaning, uh, Craig, let's imagine that you're my neighbor for a second here um, and say that you have some perspective that is, you know, ultimately against 
what God wants for human beings. And you kind of talk about that perspective all the time. Um, <clears throat> the question is, how long should I endure this? And and what is going to give me the ability to even be able to have a conversation where I might be able to challenge that perspective, right? That if you and I are acquaintances and I just come up to you and I tell you how, like, how wrong I think you are, mm-hmm. it's not going to be, <laughs> I'm not going to like win any points with you. Right. And I think that's something that we need to recognize is that there's a place for like really strong relationship is the context, at least culturally today, where the kind of challenge that we're talking about comes up. So so the words that you use for somebody that would disagree with you on various different subjects, Mm -hmm. the words that you use can either build bridges or cut those bridges off. Absolutely. And so you're saying that I should be willing to do endure quite a bit. Yes. For the goal of building bridges into a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So that what? Uh, So that ultimately you have the chance to be able to show a compelling picture of Jesus and even share the gospel with a person. I have a story related uh, to this. I had a friend of mine in college who, uh, you know, we got along. We uh, we had a lot of similar interests, but he despised Christians and everything that we stood for, right? Like he uh, spent his time talking about how much Christians had duped the rest of the world and how, you know, how all those pastors, they really just like money more than anything else. And that churches are all just like a money-making business, right? He so had he all knew of these, you pretty good. He knew me pretty well. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, we, uh, he was just like very frustrated with the concept of, you know, saying for certain that there was any like, you know, one way. And yeah. uh, and so I endured tons of falsehood mm-hmm. from this guy. In, in fact, like when it came to my Christian identity, it, he would often like call me names uh, that had expletives in them, right? <laughs> like not call, not call me names, but like just saying, oh, generally, oh, you Christians are all stupid, you know, that kind of stuff. And so... Uh, so anyway, I I endured a lot from this guy, and our friendship continued. And it just happened to be uh, one Christmas. This uh, this guy had actually driven a lot of people out of his life because mm-hmm. of the kinds of different falsehoods or whatever that he would spout off. And um, and so there was one Christmas where I knew he was going to be by himself, and I went and spent uh, Christmas Day with him. And we just hung out together and uh, talked about, you know, our similar interests, enjoyed each other's uh, company. And then, uh, you know, over the course of that relationship, I had the the ability to show him the love of Jesus, right, which is willing to push past all of his need for espousing off his falsehoods, mm-hmm. right? But then uh, I was able to share the gospel with him too, right? And so he didn't believe in any of those moments, but about a year later, he went through a really hard circumstance in his life and uh, that caused him to pick up a Bible and he started reading. And uh, within a month, he came to trust in Jesus. Wow. He's a believer today. He's actually, he's a pretty passionate believer. He's uh, really frequently expressing and talking about how, <laughs> how dumb he was, you know, in his prior life. But I mean, so that's, there was a high level of falsehood. And I, I was at the break, like the breaking point where I wanted to stop enduring with him. I was like, I don't want to talk to him on the phone. I don't want to spend time with him. But I did. And I think through me and other Christians in his life being willing to endure that, he was drawn to faith. He was able to be compelled by who Jesus was. So the challenge, though, Alex, is like if somebody disagrees with you, they can passionately disagree with you or they can kind of disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have a uh, maybe the inability to put up with it. Yeah. So what do we do when when, you know, when somebody either passionately or just continually 
disagrees with us. I mean, is there a point of time that we say, okay, th- that this is where the line is cut. I don't know. Pearls to swine kind of thing. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Is there a line or should we just keep building bridges? Right. Well, here's the interesting thing is, um, you know, Jesus, when he sends his disciples out uh, into the various cities and they go in, the really the question that they have to answer is whether or not there's space made for them. Will these people keep making space for you to be in their house? So you're going to keep telling them about the kingdom, right. keep talking to them about who I am, right? Will they continue to make space for you? And if they don't make space for you, Right. If they stop expressing hospitality, if they say, "Okay, we're done, like we can't let you in, then you leave and you go on to the next place. Right. You shake the dust off your feet. And I think that's that's the really important thing. He never says, well, if they if they don't believe you, then you just pack up and walk away. He says, no, if they don't make space for you in their life, if they say we're done. Right. Then you leave. So the line, your line is their line. Right. Your line is not your line. Right. So I think that's something important to recognize, at least from. I I had a Muslim uh, guy come in. We were doing a talk on Islam Mm -hmm. and he came to our church because he saw it on the church sign and he shows up uh, with a friend of his both. Mm -hmm. And she was in Muslim garb and they sat in the front row. And uh, on the Sunday that I did my talk on Islam, uh, he was sitting in the very oh, front row. So, uh, it was a very interesting thing because uh, he, he put his hand up at one point and he said, can we ask questions? And I said, absolutely, you can. Mm. And the whole thing was I, I still stuck with my notes, you know, to the best that I could, because the purpose was I wanted to see if the God of, of the Quran is the God of the Bible. Mm. And so as we talked through, he and I basically had a conversation. And by the end of it, I said, OK, now would you agree with me that the God of the, of the Quran is not the same God as the God of the Bible? And he said, I would agree with you. And uh, I didn't know how that would end. I I didn't know how our congregation would respond to it Mm. because it was completely weird. (laughs) And then uh, afterwards he and I became good friends and uh, he was at the campus, uh, the Mm. local campus. And he invited me to come down. He did a talk on Ramadan and then he invited me to come down to do a talk on Thanksgiving, where we got Thanksgiving from. And so I had his group now, I was talking to his group and it was, uh, but he even sent me a, a, a Christmas gift and I'm going, mm. I don't think you should be sending me Christmas <laughs> gifts. But, uh, but it's interesting how, you know, I could easily have, have said, shut him down and, you know, yeah. we're not going to talk or anything like that. But by giving him respect and honor and treating him as a friend, he became a friend. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he ever accepted the Lord. Right. Uh, but we became friends. Right. And, and he continued to make space for you absolutely. in his life, right? Yeah. And so you continue to make space for him, yeah. right? You continue to... I think this yeah. is where Jesus got the title of friend of, of sinners, sinners. Yeah. Uh, because people are not used to that. They're used to dismissing people out of their lives because they just they don't have it in common. And so, and they're not willing to try anymore. Yeah. Well, that's good. Pastor Alex, it was great having this wonderful conversation over this very relevant topic. I hope you'll join us next time as we tackle more relevant topics on Sermon Q&A.